dangerously close. This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. Now, William Mitchell Audio is a smart company, and that's why they entrusted me to come up with a brand new theme song for their business. And if you'd like to hear it, here it goes right off the top of my head. I made this up today. <clears throat> Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go to WilliamMitchellAudio.com Go to WilliamMitchellAudio.com My guest today is Aaron Tracy. Aaron Tracy is a stand-up comedian living in Los Angeles. She grew up in Southwest Florida as the child of public school teachers, so she was essentially groomed to become a comic. Now, she's a, an award-winning comedian. I can't, I'm looking at all her awards right here. I can't read all these because I would, the whole podcast would be me reading Aaron's awards, and that would be ridiculous. But let's just say that she won the best comedian a million times. And I'm looking here, Mad Magazine, San Diego Comedy Festival, Burbank Comedy Festival. It goes on and on and on. Uh, she performs all over. One of her favorite things to do is tour the country telling jokes. And what's up, Aaron? <laughs> hey, I feel like I feel like that's the first time anyone's read my bio out loud to me before. I mean, I, I truly butchered it. I was just like. <laughs> I would have punched it up for you a little bit if I had known. <laughs> I've, the crazy thing is, like, as as bad as that was, I've done, I have read people's bios, and it's just been, like, where I'm, like, like mispronouncing words, like, saying things that aren't even in the bio. <laughs> saying, saying people that, like, that they're a religion that they're not. Whoa. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not for real. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I also a lot of second place prizes if you read my bio closely. So <laughs> second place is awesome too. Oh, that's still award winning. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's just an, it's an honor to be nominated. That's yeah. what I'm I'm practicing saying that for yeah. for later on whenever. What, what's the uh, what are the awards they give out for for podcasts? Uh, there's got to be something. The potties. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. I don't know. I. I don't have a podcast right now, so I, I don't know what I should be competitive about there. Maybe I, it, there must be best guests, right? Like, yeah. Well, right. I think, I think tonight you're in the running for best guest. This Thank is a uh, wow. episode 47. So you got 46 people to compete against wow. and, okay. and several bonus excited. episodes that I didn't number. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wildly competitive. So. so I'm putting the, I'm putting the pressure on. Okay. I like it. <laughs> But, you know, I, I had to ask you this because I realized this about uh, us and what, what a unique situation this is. <clears throat> because so you're in the first the two first names club and yeah. I'm uh, kind of in the two last names club. So do you think that us doing this podcast together is kind of a groundbreaking event? Yeah, maybe. I feel like I feel like we must fight to the death or something, though, right? Like that's that's what it seems like to me. There can was, only be one. <laughs> I was hoping we could well, we could bring peace between the the two last name people and the two first name people. Oh, I was seeing it at like the red wedding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sneak me in here and murder my people. <laughs> it was all a trap. <laughs> My whole goal, like if you like, you'll like all of a sudden it's like uh, it's like the end of uh, the usual suspects when you start realizing that every guest I've ever had had two first names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah. But speaking of which, uh, do you ever get stoked like on like on Dick Tracy because he has such a similar name to you, or are you just like nah, a cab? Uh, I feel like. Uh, when I was in high school, when I was in chemistry, my teacher, because my last name was Tracy, my nickname in class, uh, she called me Dick. What? 
Holy so, shit. <laughs> so any, yeah. So any like affinity or I like I liked it growing up, you know, I really liked the soundtrack to the movie with Madonna, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Madonna was great in that. that. Yeah. No that face. soundtrack was like my jam. I'd roller skate to it with my boombox on my driveway and like the whole thing. But uh, but I feel like being called Dick for an entire year because of that, like really like cured me of my love for Dick Tracy. But sometimes if people, you know, sometimes if people are like, I always get like you were saying, I'll go, they'll say, what's your last name? And I'll go Tracy. And they go, what's your last name? Like I'm a dummy dumb that doesn't oh, know yeah. my last name. <laughs> and then I'll say, you know, like Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then i quickly find out who's over 30 and who's not <laughs> <laughs> they i mean dick tracy is kind of a timeless movie because if you look at like especially like a lot of like people in the government and stuff they all remind me of dick tracy villains like yeah. like i don't know <laughs> like, but, like the kids don't know it doug <laughs> well <laughs> well the kids better get with it <laughs> Maybe if they listen to this podcast, we're bringing back Dick Tracy, everybody. <laughs> well, so like, I guess speaking of the kids, I, actually, these, these are these are adults. But uh, <laughs> some, some of my listeners, sometimes people like will send me things in to be like, hey, ask this or ask that or whatever. So some of my listeners uh, wanted me to ask uh, about what it's like being a stand up comedian during COVID. So here's my first question. Yeah. Why do you think they keep naming all the variants after fraternities? <laughs> I mean <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to just be super mean but like the obvious answer is that like it's both are perpetually problematic you know what I mean like <laughs> the news only gets worse about both you know yeah, we know they're yeah. a problem but it just gets worse and worse I uh yeah I mean Remember, when I was in college I was not in a fraternity but I knew some I would like just like had some guys I knew, like just from being in school and they're like, Hey, you want to come over and lift weights at our fucking frat house? And I was like, yeah, sure, man. Like at the time I, I was lifting weights a lot anyway. So I was like, I guess this will be fun to go do this. And I got there and then I was like, this, these people suck. <laughs> like they were like, they were like, cause they were all like, they all were really into rap, but they were all racist. And I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here and never come back, especially because my school had a really nice gym. I was like, you were in the I... South. That makes that tells me you were in the South. Yes, yes I was <laughs> in the South. Also, also, listeners, what you couldn't see is that uh, while Doug was talking about lifting weights, he flexed and put his arms behind his head. So <laughs> I feel like you need the full image of what I can see. I'll narrate it for you. This is what we were talking um, about before, before we got started, like how much this needed a video component. I know. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> that's so funny because you know that that was clearly like a completely subconscious thing where i was like telling you that i lifted weights and then i flexed for you like a fucking right after i'd right after i just claimed that i was like you know so much more woke and cool than these frat dudes and i was like yeah i went over there to lift weights flex <laughs> It's okay. Good. You can't see me too. Cause like I was saying to you, I have one of those fruit flies that I keep spotting away. Like I'm the stinky character from peanuts. So I think it's probably better. Okay. So obviously that wasn't a, a yeah. very appropriate question for what's it like being a uh, comic during COVID. But so here's like a better one. Uh, so like for real, uh, wait, let just... me answer it seriously. It is oh, yeah. like being in a frat because, um, living through COVID, I feel uh, like I'm living in a fret because I'm scared all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I no, don't uh, trust anybody else's decision making skills about my safety or health. <laughs> no offense, all of the fraternity people that listen to this, and I'm sure there's some small demographic. <laughs> uh, but no, for real, like, do you just like take like a sock and like put like uh, disinfect it all over it and then like put it over the microphone? Like when you go play new venues, is that like, that seems like a good, in my mind, seems like a good trick, but I'm not out touring. Yeah, I, it depends. I feel like I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> I feel like we're about to get a little political here. I, I'm a believer, everybody. So stop listening now. Actually, no, I, I'm fully vaccinated. So I feel like, um, like that helps me feel a little bit safer out in the wild, but different shows have different protocol and definitely in LA, 
you know, we have a mask mandate for indoors and most of our major clubs require you to be vaccinated if you're performing and if you're in the audience. So uh, there are a lot of safeguards that make it a little bit easier to navigate when I'm in town. And then different venues do different things. Some do like a different microphone for everybody. Some have the like uh, antibiotic wipes that they put next to the microphone so you can wipe it down like you have OCD or for a while, especially when we were still mainly only doing outdoor shows, people had like the little microphone condoms, you know, like. <laughs> like so there so is something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a big thing. And like if you did a show, everybody would get their own thing. And then every comic would struggle to put this thing on the microphone for the first 20 seconds of their set. And so you, uh, like, you could tell who'd never used a condom before. Like. <laughs> I think condom there and there are like fancy ones and there are cheapo ones and, you know, just like the real world. So um, I feel like the I think it's just. You know no matter what ultimately up to the individual to kind of navigate how safe they feel and I think that's what's been so like crazy about the whole thing and comedy is just a reflection of that right which is that there is no real guidance on what is safe and what isn't safe on the small scale right that everybody is just having to constantly negotiate these micro decisions for themselves and hopefully it works out fine. <laughs> so I think we've all it's funny because like it, it's such a crazy like dichotomy like for different places because you know, I'm I'm in Nashville and it's very very different and especially like in the surrounding state. But like you know here in Nashville we've got like you know people just like we've got like tractors that pull around like giant hot tubs full of like QAnon people that are just getting drunk and chain smoking and coughing on each other. But I feel like a lot of them come from LA and they come here for the freedom <laughs> to <Yeah>. do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not wrong. <laughs> I feel like I mean, like all, all your shittiest people come here as tourists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I do love the um, Bluebird Cafe. Shout out to the Bluebird Cafe. <laughs> Shout out Bluebird Cafe. They've given a lot of my friends like one of their first shots. And also it's cool because it's a small place and uh big names play there so i like that kind of that kind of vibe i was in nashville well first of all a thing called love is one of my favorite movies of all time it's very obscure i'm not sure if you've seen it but everybody listening go back and watch it sandra bullock before she was sandra bullock it's fabulous river phoenix hello okay relax samantha mathis who are we talking about it's incredible great great people have you seen this movie it's about I've never even heard music. of it yeah, it's about songwriters for country music. I'm a thousand years old. It's okay. It's worth it. Go back and watch. I mean, uh, yeah, if, if River Phoenix is in it, then Sandra Bullock must have been like, what, 20 or something? Well, yeah, she's super young. But um, <clears throat> but it's all around the Bluebird Cafe and like they're playing songs and trying to become famous songwriters. And so when I went to Nashville, I was like, okay, we're gonna go with this group of people we're gonna go and they were like we hate country music and I was like I don't care and uh it was right after I think uh, like there was some flooding happening in Nashville at the time there had been a were you here for the great flood I think I was there for the great right after the great flood so they were doing a benefit performance of like some of the most famous songs ever sold there okay yeah because we th yeah there was like like hundreds of millions of dollars in damage and like yeah. lots of people died it was crazy i was, was like crazy. straight up in it i was on the freeway i almost i almost died it was so crazy it was like as we were there i was there for a like a training because i had the day job that i worked for lululemon let's not go go there but uh <laughs> <laughs> i was there and uh and as we were driving around you it would be like totally normal and then you would look down a street and it would be completely underwater it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen anyway so, but then it was it was amazing because it was all of these songwriters that had written these iconic country songs like doing their thing so like uh I remember one wrote Walk Away Joe by Trisha that Trisha Yearwood made famous and he's like this little old guy playing a keyboard and like watching him sing it was 
like none of the self-consciousness or trappings of fame just like purely the music and that's what the whole night was like that like these people that so deeply knew these pieces of music but that would never be the face for them and getting to see how it was expressed through them oh tremendous bluebird cafe (laughs) yeah if you come here you gotta check it out. Maybe, maybe you'll end up being like Lady Gaga in A Star Is Born. Who knows? Yeah, get up there and sing some. I do want to tell you this. And I, I've, I've told the story before on the podcast, so I, I will make it very short. But that that flood, I'd never seen a flash flood of that. Like it was so fast and so big. I was on the freeway and it was just raining. I didn't know. I didn't know that like what was happening. But all the rivers were like overflowing, and so there was like a pop up river. Like the side of the freeway became a river. And at this point, like most people had turned back, but I was too dumb to have done that. Yeah. And then I saw I was in a Toyota Corolla and I saw in the in the river, the, you know, the brand new river on the side of the freeway, a Toyota Corolla was floating the other direction, like the exact oh. same car that I had. And I was like, oh, shit. And I, I managed to get off of the next exit and parked it and <laughs> just sat at a gas station and drank with like a million stranded motorists. And it was really fun. Oh, gosh. <laughs> What we were just talking about. Oh, we're talking about putting socks over microphones. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in LA, there was a long time of like, um, you know, we were doing the socially distanced masked outdoor shows because in LA, for much longer than some other places, we weren't allowed to be inside with each other. So, um, but in LA, that's so tough because you know the bottom half of your face is covered by the mask. And then the top half of your face is just everybody. It just has Botox. So when you're oh, on no. stage, you just can't, nothing, you can't tell how you're doing. You're hoping you can hear some laughter because nothing's moving. You know what I mean? Nobody is yeah. smiling. And I like to wear sunglasses like everywhere, inside, outside. When, so like Even people can't night. tell what the fuck I'm doing because I've got sunglasses and a mask on and a baseball hat most of the time. Like well, I look like I'm out unibombing. not not at night though you're not that guy oh not at night but i'm just saying like but i won't like if i you know like i won't take them off just because like just because i walk into a building like that's problematic (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't necessarily want people making eye contact with me Oh man, I feel like the only time it's acceptable to do that is if you're a woman and you have no eye makeup on and you don't want anybody to see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I am, I am fine, fine with being unacceptable because I'm not going to, it's, it's an ingrained thing at this point, you know, for the first, like, I don't know, 20 something years of my life, I never wore sunglasses once ever i just didn't wear sunglasses and then one day i started wearing them and i was like then i just couldn't stop i was like these are great nobody can see my eyes yeah <laughs> <laughs> me from as much intimacy as possible <laughs> speaking of like cool fashion choices and putting socks over things yeah. uh do you, <laughs> you remember when the red hot chili peppers used to put like socks over their wieners oh gosh uh, <laughs> yeah why don't they why don't they do that anymore because that was cool well i mean they're old now i think that'd be gross (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i thought you were gonna say like the woke mob won't let them do it (laughs) i feel like we all have an age range where we can put socks over our wieners and i think they're classy enough to recognize that time has passed for them okay that's a good answer i thought if if uh if i had jordan peterson on instead of you he'd be like well, it's it's because of the, the the American male is losing all of his masculinity. Or I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of so, sounds like a character from Sesame Street. <laughs> it's because he doesn't because he doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> his, his whole philosophy is that you should only eat meat. Period. I like that these questions are really teeing me up for a home run. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I am going to tee you up for a home run because you have a really good story, and I hope you I hope you'll tell it. And it's. Uh, <laughs> So I'll also say please because I'm I'm a polite person. <laughs> will you will you please tell the story about the uh, the time you went on a Zoom date? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was Zoom dating this guy uh, over COVID that would name the Zoom after a restaurant every time. <laughs> we went to a few different. We went to Zoomianos, and uh, is that supposed to be Magianos? Yeah, and okay. we went to the Zoom cake factory (laughs) 
that one I feel like is pretty self-explanatory. And uh, I got to tell you, the nothing makes me feel like I'm going to die alone, like going on a third date to Zoom lobster. Like that's the, because, because you're, it's just your imagine, like you don't have to pay for the dates. He was picking like very aggressively mediocre places to take me to. Like if yeah. you, it's just based in your imagine, in your wildest imagination, in his wildest imagination. He could take me anywhere. He was still poor. You know what I mean? Like that's, I don't know. Uh, very nice human in real life. But I, I, uh, I did write some bits about that because. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, points for uh, creativity with puns. Very punny. And I mean, it's like, I wonder how long it would have taken before he would have taken you to like Zoom Donald's or like Burger Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully it would have only gone up from there since we made it to three dates, but that's cool. So you did three whole dates on Zoom. That seems like actually like a lot of work. I mean, we were really this was not people weren't going out here. Well, that's not true. Some people were going out here. Some people were not. Um, But a lot of us were trying to be good for a little bit. So what else are you going to do? Also, I would say Zoom dates, not a bad idea. It's like a good pre-interview. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, for you, sure. don't, you don't have to waste the time. <laughs> yeah. And if, and if they like suck, you don't have to be like, oh, I got to go or like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. you can just have a little like pre-screening. We'll call it that. It's, okay. it's fine pre-screen. <laughs> I vibe with that. All right. Moving forward in the future, Zoom dating gets a... uh uh, my views are my own award or what, whatever it's called. A potty. <laughs> yeah. You get a potty. <laughs> I feel like it's funny too. Cause like, I'm like, cause in the past like year and a half, I've been like, so on the internet that like, I've been making like shitloads of friends, like on the internet, which I never, ever did before in my whole life. Yeah. Um, I know that's how we met. I didn't know you before the internet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh so moving on and thank you for telling that story oh yes my pleasure (laughs) (laughs) i've heard uh you're a big fan of murder shows on tv and i wanted to ask uh why do you think murder shows are so appealing to women more than say like the modern red hot chili peppers wearing socks on their dicks Well, I feel like maybe I was a bit ageist in my past remarks. I feel like there is a market for some women that would still like to see the members of the Red Hot Chili Peppers mostly naked. So Anthony Kiedis uh, is in good shape. I mean, yeah, they're all if you have enough money, you can look good forever. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so I take it back. Uh, Hey, fellas, bust out those socks. They can be a little smaller than they were in the past. No one will judge. It will be fine. You'll survive. Uh, but yeah, I would say that it's so funny because every time you uh, mention the Red Hot Chili Peppers, it, I feel like when we were in high school, that was always, we would do scavenger hunts around my small town where I grew up in Florida. And that was always one of the items was one of your teammates had to take a picture somewhere in public only wearing a sock. Oh, really? That's awesome. (laughs) That was like always and like that was the default item that was always on the scavenger hunt. And it like was always a little bit of a competition to decide like the best place, the best person on the team to do it. And like, you know. How obviously not to get arrested. Well, we gotta, we have to bring back that style. Actually, you know, uh, my friend Dominic, he was on the podcast twice. He uh, he took a spin class with Dave Navarro, and oh, yeah. it was it was really funny because he was saying that like Dave Navarro like took off his shirt in the middle of the spin class, which is like, as far as I know, very uncommon for people to start like just taking their clothes off like inside the gym. Well, I don't know, maybe it's different in LA, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're hot. There are no rules about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been hilarious though if Dave Navarro just like completely was like down to like just a sock on his dick like doing spin I feel like you're coming up with really good promo ideas for the next cover of your podcast album <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to uh, this quarantine like I have 
you know, a lot of people got really ripped during the, like all this. I like took this opportunity to just be like, I live off Taco Bell and beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, uh, we got off topic on the question. Uh, murder shows. I do like the murder shows. Uh, I, you know, all the true crime shows I feel like are very satisfying for some reason. But uh, but I like the murder shows. I would say that I, like many women, are watching them. I'm watching them to study a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, um, just practical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just I feel like you know we're doing I don't know why I laughed it's definitely that's sad I'm sorry (laughs) no it's it's sad and it was a punchline that I wrote about that so uh it's funny when it's sad sometimes yeah Uh, you know though I feel like I've never gotten this to work but I tried so hard with that bit I was trying to make an angle where I was like on the rare occasion when it's a woman though I'm like good for you babe you know what I mean like (laughs) Yeah, but then like it's like it's never a woman. I feel like sometimes, rarely. Uh, that's what I mean. It's like you yeah. know, she's go getter. She's out there. She's try- she's doing her part for us to make us equal. Or do the women are smarter and they don't get caught? I yeah. I mean, I've also thought that too. It's like maybe we're just all studying in that way too. <laughs> it could be like the like the psychology because like so many serial killers, you know, that are men. Like the reason they get caught is because they have some bullshit like thing where they start leaving clues on purpose to be like, I'm playing a game or whatever. Maybe like, that's just a trait that like women psychopaths don't have. Like they don't feel the need to leave a clue. I don't know. I've left so many earrings over at people's that I've hooked up with. (laughs) I don't know. I think that's a tough, but maybe, (laughs) maybe other people. (laughs) The earring killer, like all these, there's a bunch of like cops listening to this right now. They'll be like, it's she's the one that keeps leaving the earrings on the dead bodies. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I would be. I would be the earring killer. But it would just like, it would be like, oh, I think that means she wants a second date. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I have to ask you this too because I wasn't quite sure. It's something that uh, you've talked about. Uh, what is an earthquake radio? Is that like a doomsday prepper thing, or is that like what is that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have an earthquake radio. <laughs> I first of all like I grew up in Florida I love the radio um like I don't know there's something about listening to the radio that is just very satisfying to my brain like old school not even the fancy XM radio like I like the wild card flipping through the channels but um you know there have been some earthquakes here in LA and my mom who's still in Florida like panicked and used her credit card points to get me this solar powered and also hand cranked earthquake radio. That's awesome. <laughs> I call it my earthquake radio, but it's like an emergency radio. Yeah. Um, and very sweetly, it also has a, a flat, a, like a flashlight on it. Very sweetly sent it to me as like a survive the earthquake. Um, I'm completely unprepared for anything else to happen, but I could listen to the radio and have a flashlight. Um, I mean, that could be an invaluable tool because you could be like in the dark, not knowing what's going on, crank up your earthquake radio. They're like, hey, here's where you get to to get away from the San Andreas fault. And you hope you have a flashlight because it's a dark walk. Yeah, don't have any food or water or medical supplies, but I I could listen. I could listen the hell out of what was going on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have like just a little radio. I, I play it for my dog and um yeah, I call it the earthquake radio. I, I'm sure that's not its official name, but um I often think I should probably be better prepared for something. I disagree. I you know, I purposely <laughs> don't prep or keep i don't even barely even keep food in my house because i know that whenever the shit goes down i'm not going to be home and then i'm just going to be bummed i'm gonna be like i have so much shit at home but i can't get there because of this disaster and i'm stuck over here and then i'll just be kicking with the whole apocalypse i'll just be like i'm a fucking idiot why'd i prep i could have spent that money on something fun i could have gone to six flags but i bought a bag of rice and beans or whatever you know that's so (laughs) <laughs> I feel like that I I often am like okay there's part of my brain that's like okay I want to get really good at it I want to go to survival school and learn how to hunt and like 
but then I'll, there's part of me that's like I don't know I I feel like my type there I've dated a type over and over again and that type is like the dude that has a plan for the zombie apocalypse right yeah. and like the plan is never good the plan is always the same the plan is always just like I'll get a shotgun and we'll go to the beach the beach that's ridiculous because that's where they always end up in those apocalypse movies because it's like you know but then it begs the question do zombies it, what i'm saying is <laughs> yeah well the I thing is nerds that don't have a lot of foresight you know what i mean like that's <laughs> that's the that's the type but but <laughs> maybe that means there's something about me that seems practical you know, I don't even like camping. I don't think I can survive a zombie apocalypse. I, wear I mean, would you lenses, even want And those to? of us that wear contact lenses are going to be the first to go. <laughs> I've thought about that. Like if like for people that like that really, really need their glasses, like, first of all, they're, you're going to break them like pretty soon. And then like within what? It's going to be like that uh, Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> haven't seen it. I don't know what you're talking oh. about. Yeah. Okay. I'm not this old, everybody. I was a rerun. So disclaimer, I'm not, I'm not that old. Uh, there's a Twilight Zone episode where like, there's a little angry guy and he hates everyone and he wears these big glasses. He can't see without them. And he like, it's all about how he hates people. Um, and then one day he wakes up and like his dream has come true and all the people are gone. And he's like, he's so happy and, oh. like, and then he breaks his glasses and then he said because and there's now, no optometrists left there's nobody to help them so man that guy's life sucks yeah i feel like it's uh it's it's a parable that could be compared to the time we're living in now <laughs> it's it's <laughs> almost like a, <laughs> it's almost like a christmas story but with like no redeeming thing there's no story arc for him where he's redeemed he just is like He's a piece of shit, and then he gets his comeuppance. Yeah, the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hold up. It's time to check the mailbag. Now, every week on the show, we check the mailbag to see if anyone has written a message into the show, and then we read their message out loud so that everyone can know how awesome their message was. Uh, this one comes from Basketball Empire. Basketball Empire said, <clears throat> Hi, we just came across your page and we think you were a great fit for our clothing brand. In fact, we want you to become an official ambassador. Please send a message to blah, 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 and they'll explain everything. Looking forward to working with you. Handshake emoji. Now, I know why you guys are hitting me up. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hometown hero, a little bit of a legend in basketball, but you know what happened and you know my dark past. When I did that cross step fadeaway three point shot and the bully that used to bully me that was trying to guard me slipped and he fell and he flipped upside down and he landed on his head and his head exploded like a watermelon on the ground and it was disgusting and I said right then and there you know what I'm done doing basketball I'm not doing basketball anymore no matter how fucking good I am at it because I don't want to see another man's head explode on the ground just because I'm so great at basketball. However, if you would like to send me a check for $5,000 and a lot of gear, uh, we could probably do a photo shoot. We'll, you know, we'll work it out later. <clears throat> anyway, now back to the interview. So I do things like, uh, like I'll uh, post pictures of my dog on my social media and shit and like, claim that she's the head writer for this podcast and <laughs> shit like that but yeah i i heard you actually made a for real instagram account for your dog so uh what has been your experience with that so far uh yeah 
I made an Instagram account for my dog. I feel like I knew the apocalypse was coming from that experience. So, cause like, I don't know. Like why prep? <laughs> it's already here, everybody. We're pretending to be our dogs on social media. So um, I, I started it because she's so cute. Um, does she say things? Does she go like, she's real cute. Does she like barf, like barf, barf, it's my birthday. Like, <laughs> Here, I'll show you my dog. Oh, here. She oh, she should play with my dog. This is Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you listeners can't see is that I'm holding up the cutest dog you've ever seen in real life. I mean, wouldn't you want to look at pictures of this little creature? At yeah, so all well, uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, plug her Instagram <laughs> thing so we can get people to check her out. <laughs> Um, my dog's Instagram account is, I'm not very good at maintaining it, to be honest, anymore. Oh, hi, you want to come in? Okay, sorry, she would like to join our podcast now. Um, her Instagram account <laughs> is Tiny Puppy Poppy, at Tiny Puppy Poppy. You can even hear her pig snorts. Get ready for a cuteness overload. <laughs> I, uh, I, but mine is Erin Tracy Comedy, and more pictures of her end up in my stories than anywhere else. Actually, um, yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> I shouldn't just be sitting here like just being like, yo, plug your dog's Instagram. <laughs> I did that in a show at the comedy store in La Jolla. Actually, I was talking about her Instagram account and they were like, what is it? And I told them her Instagram account. I got a th- like so many. No, that's it. I got a bunch of new followers on her Instagram account, which again, I don't maintain. So they immediately went away. But like oh. a bunch of people. And then I had to make a post that was like, Woof woof, go follow Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Hey. <laughs> uh, when I should have just been like, follow, follow me, and then you can find her page. <laughs> Man, I can't remember who like who I was talking to or where the story came from, but it's just it's like that's you know, this is my my hard-hitting journalism and you know the fact that I well research things that I'm about to say. Anyway, somebody was talking about they were at they were at some one of these look like we we're talking before like the potties or the the webbies you know one of these fucking events yeah. and that uh they're like he was like you know they, they have like media there like you know they have reporters for things like you know i guess like buzzfeed and e and shit will come to those things but yeah. uh somebody was like had interviewed him and then like he was like yeah cool and then they like some famous instagram dog was there and everybody was like freaking the fuck out to go like interview the Instagram dog. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I guess I, <clears throat> I guess we all need humbling experiences. I, I just I also feel like I don't know. One of the best videos I've ever posted is I went out of town and I convinced my old neighbor to watch my dog while I was on the road in just in San Diego. I was like, I'm gone a couple nights. I'll be nearby. And um, <laughs> and I was like, you know, puppy was kind of a naughty dog when she was a puppy. I was like, she's grown up a lot. She's a really much, she's good dog. She's very mature. And uh, like, an hour after, well, I was on the road, maybe an hour, I get a text and it's just a video of Poppy in the Silver Lake dog park, rolling in a puddle of mud, like, <laughs> like, and my friend going, Poppy, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that video like got so many comments and likes and people just being like, you can see how much she is just completely delighted that she's getting away with this. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like that is one of my happy places on social media, if I'm honest, is getting to see dogs do cute things, be cute. I don't know. Like that's, I don't know. That's one of the fun things. I, I feel like I then became one of those people because I was, we both follow dogs accounts and one of them had a birthday and I went to comment because dogs have birthdays now. I don't know if you know this, Doug. Oh, my dog has a birthday and <laughs> she gets like all kinds of shit. I'll cook her like a, like a, like a chicken breast and all kinds of stuff. But when, we, when I was growing up, like our dog didn't have a birthday. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Poppy has a birthday, but our dog was a dog, you know, like, yeah. um, 
so I went to comment though. I was like, oh, I'm gonna say happy birthday. And and then I like stopped myself and I actually had the thought, I was like, no, this should come from Poppy instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, oh man, my brain has totally been melted by this. So well, you know, and like I and maybe like at first glance, you might be like, oh, this is crazy, or like this is not, you know. I'm crazy for doing my dog's voice or whatever. Like, honestly, I feel like there's like a lot of mental health benefits in doing just like fun, cool shit like that, you know, or whatever. Cause there for a while I was like active on Twitter. Like, and I was, and I think what I was doing, especially was bad is that I was using my podcast Twitter account instead of like just a burner. Yeah. And, uh, I just couldn't, and, and I have a hard time like restraining myself against saying what I want to say. And a lot of, and they've got rules against shit you're allowed to say to people and fucking uh tommy lauren got me kicked off twitter and she's awful i don't know if you know she is but she sucks she's a like a kind of like a neo-nazi uh right-wing commentator she lives here in nashville (laughs) but anyway uh i was like what the hell like i wasn't allowed to use my twitter for like two weeks then i was like you know i'm just gonna cool out and just post pictures of my dog and claim that she's the writer of this podcast Yeah, I feel like I'm afraid of Twitter. I feel like I'm very like, like that platform makes me so nervous because I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like the people that can do it are so good at being, I don't know, the things that get big responses to me sometimes don't necessarily always feel very genuine, but do feel very um escalated you know what I mean it's like oh yeah for sure you're you're writing to like cut through the noise so uh the thing that you're writing uh has to carry some sort of rage or weight or and and while I think some people do that extraordinarily well and are able to navigate that like you're saying without getting completely carried away yeah I I feel like it's the it's kind of the the social media where I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you might like it for like, kind of like what I use it for now is like, I just use it for like to occasionally practice uh, joke writing yeah. in a really low stakes environment yeah, where I will get feedback from people. So like, yeah. you know, yeah. so like I'll like, I'll kind of get gauge like how funny what I, what I wrote was because some people like, cause if it's funny at all, cause I don't even, I don't even like make my own, like, I don't post it on my own feed. I'll go and find like, some shit about Kyle Rittenhouse and then I'll be like crack a joke and see what happens and then you know so it's like I was saying it's like it's a low stakes place to do a little bit of practice writing I wouldn't waste any good jokes there no I feel like that's what I that's what I've landed on is like um you know I'll I'll practice one-liners or and I don't even necessarily go unless I feel inspired by somebody else's posts I just I, I I met somebody recently at a show that's a writer on a show here and they were like let's be Twitter friends and I was like I'm so scared of Twitter and they were like no it's great it's just like get it out there turn it out there no fear no big deal and I was like I I guess that is something that I need to practice right which is and probably something that's topical for the perfectionist and all of us which is like I want to know something is going to work or at least have a sense of how it will be received. But uh, often the things that are I like fire off and don't even think about are the ones that get big. And then the ones that I like carefully craft are like, yeah. <laughs> like, like four, four retweets and like 10 likes, you know, so. Well, I'm going to follow you on Twitter. I'm going to like everything that uh, yeah. you post. Yay! Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Erin oh. Tracy Comedy. I promise to be only semi-afraid seeming. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how, I mean, because I mean, you literally stand up in like front of crowds of people and tell funny ass jokes and you don't, You, I mean, it appears to me that you don't have any kind of qualms or that you're nervous. So why would you give a shit about something as oh, like, but, like Twitter? <laughs> put me on stage all day long. Like put live performance all day long i uh i've been practicing that a lot longer than i've been practicing um the the navigating the matrix of uh yeah. <laughs> you'd be like 
man cool in however many characters or less (laughs) american patriot 69 didn't like my joke (laughs) i posted about um i made a post about like being sexually harassed at a show and like the ire but like like the full range of uh responses i got i kind of just made a joke about it you know i was like in case you wondered it's still around you know like (laughs) yeah yeah, because i you know uh and like it got a lot of responses it got a lot of positive you know people that were at the show were like oh my gosh i couldn't believe that you know like it got a a lot of um but man the (laughs) it's crazy the people will say the craziest things uh is what i learned from that it's like oh okay and you have to have no like once you put something out there you have to be like yeah okay everybody is entitled to their opinion and often those people are bots so don't worry about it <laughs> yeah no doubt that's the thing is like i don't man i don't have a i don't have a thick skin about it at all either too because like people like if they uh come at me with like negative shit even through social media even if it's like just a complete fucking nobody i'm like i I'm, i'll just be like enraged and like i don't know i just like I, I just i had to get to this zen place where i was like I just got to block these people. Like I can't, yeah, can't like engage. Cause it's like, that's the thing is all they're going to do is they're going to screenshot everything I say. And I'm going to say a bunch of fucked up shit. And then later on, they're going to use it against me in a court of law. So, <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, whatever they'll be able to use it for. But, Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, ask you some uh, professional advice. Okay. Because <laughs> I, uh, I have to go to this uh, disco dance party on new year's okay. Eve. Oh yeah, hey, that's fun. Is it? Yeah, no, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. But uh, I was gonna say, like, you know, I know that you are a world class master of dance in all its forms. Uh, do you think I can teach myself how to disco dance off Zoom in the, like the next few weeks, or should uh, I just stick to crumping like I would normally do? Yeah, I guess I would. <laughs> I would pay money to see you. I would Venmo you five dollars to crump for me right now. I'll crump for you for free. I'll. You, I'll at the disco party, we'll um, I'll I'll video some video. To you. I'll get um, I'll get like right in the middle of the people doing a like a synchronized disco dance and crump the hell out of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know the thing that um that's so incredible. I'm gonna give an earnest answer to this question. The thing that's so incredible is that you can learn anything on YouTube right now. <laughs> uh, and that's something that like like the dancers nowadays are so much better than we ever were because we didn't we just had class you know what i mean like we couldn't do class and then go home and watch world-class people's youtube channels and watch them and learn their techniques and their styles and the access i had was robin don dance academy in a strip mall in cape coral florida behind the kfc you know what i mean like shout out (laughs) <laughs> Shout out to Robin Don. I mean, we learned everything the Robin Don dance instructors had to teach us, but like that was that was what you had. You know what I mean? Like you weren't you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You couldn't just watch anything. So yes, Doug, I would say, based on the fact that you are an excellent crumper, I feel like that is that is a <laughs> difficult art form, and um, based on that information i feel like you could easily pick up some disco moves or is it a date or do you have a hot date oh yeah yeah i got of course yeah. of course oh, <laughs> uh, and you have to dance that's why that's the one rule is if you go to a dance party whether or not it's on a date but especially on a date well i just like to- i i don't want to just like go just do any kind of dance i want to do uh i want to do some shit that like they did in the 70s man like you know yeah I want to do what uh what they were doing in like Scarface. No, learn the John Travolta dance from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do the Saturday Night Fever shit. Uh, yeah, do that. Wear some tight pants and channel John Travolta and like, man. Yeah, I feel like I used to have a show here in LA called Dance Party Comedy Show. Um, back before back before the pandemic, <laughs> I feel like I need a smoker's cough. <laughs> like we have aged so much since then, but I had a show called Dance Party Comedy Show where I would choreograph 30 seconds of choreography and I would 
send that video to all the comedians and they had to perform that 30 seconds before their sets. Oh, that's perfect. So, uh, although 30 seconds can feel like a fucking lifetime if you suck at dancing and you're embarrassed about it. So long. And then it was really interesting. So to see who would really put effort into learning it and who wouldn't. And then, you know, I, I would do the choreography. It was the same 30 seconds for everybody. So I would do the choreography at the top. So the audience knew what they were looking at, you know, and then they would turn against the people that hadn't made the effort to learn it. You know, um, the people that were phoning it in, I think had a different experience than the ones that no matter what they were like, at least tried. So. Well, this would be perfect. I, I feel far more confident now. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm going to Google how to dance like John Travolta and Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. And I also, fortunately, I just uh, installed a punching bag in my house. So whenever I start getting really frustrated, go hit the bag for five minutes, come back to it. I mean, as long as you don't do that at the party, I feel like. Oh. <laughs> I can't <laughs> dance that, and just start yeah. fighting. As as that isn't in your muscle memory. You're like, I can dance disco for 15 minutes, but then I got to punch somebody. <laughs> Fuck up my my electric slide and then I like just punch somebody. <laughs> uh, I mean, that sounds like a party in Nashville if ever I've heard one. I won't yeah. lie. <laughs> Aaron, I gotta tell you this: we are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. I gotta explain to you how the lightning round works. It's like the game uh, segment of the show. So I'm gonna ask you questions like a little bit faster, um, but you don't have time to like you can't think. It's all gut reactions. So don't even bother like trying to like be cerebral about this. This is all just straight from the heart. Okay, I'll do my best. Okay, well, don't worry, because honestly, this goes off the rails. I would say 90% of the time and half the time it does, doesn't even turn into a lightning round. But I feel like yours will because I one of the first parts of this is like actually written the way a lightning round should go. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is we'll just do a, we'll just do like a few of these just because I'm just like. Your excited arm gestures are making oh, me Oh, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Hands are in my lap. Um, oh, I don't know if that's better, but let's go. <laughs> hands are... I'm going to flex. <laughs> I'm flexing again. Oh, man. You flex me, for the entire rest of this podcast. <laughs> you're giving me a complex. I don't know if I should flex. I don't know if I should wave my hands hysterically. <laughs> but that's good. You know what? You're already warming up for what I was going to ask you to start out with in the lightning round. And that's because I know that... You were the champion. You won the Mad Magazine trash talking contest. So I know you can like, I know you can talk some shit. So how about like, just, I'll just throw you like a few, like a person, person, place or thing type thing or whatever. And then you just try and talk shit about it real fast. Oh and man. You, and you can always say pass if you, and especially if you like, for any reason, you can say pass because you don't like kids. You... I feel like this is built to get me in trouble. And also, I had time <laughs> to do some writing before that trash talking competition. But uh, let's let's do it. <laughs> I mean, even like even two words, you can do even like one word. You could do like right. I could say let's... something and you're like, but and I'll be like, all right, then we can oh. move on. Or you can or you can say pass. You can just be like, no, I. All right. Uh... <laughs> let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what's a here? We'll start with an easy one. Uh, Matt oh. Gates. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's is that an easy one? <laughs> yeah, I I think he looks like a fucking haunted uh marionette puppet. Oh, I can see that. <laughs> well, he like there's there's one he really does. I don't know if you saw that, but somebody found speaking of the Twilight Zone, someone found an episode of a haunted marionette puppet and then they put him side by side with Matt Gates <laughs> and they are fucking identical. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah. All right. I like that. We'll go with that. Haunted marionette puppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. But I'm not supposed to do it. Oh, here we go. Uh, Switzerland. Um, I mean, they have very nice. I feel like, can I do the opposite? Can I just brag? On, I, I could not do it for Matt. You can do whatever you want. I just talk shit about Switzerland all the time on this, but I, I arbitrarily decided to have beef with Switzerland. And so I always yeah. just throw it in. What what is your beef with Switzerland? I feel like I did listen to some of your past podcasts, but in, in episode four, I made a sketch that yeah. went into that one called "Saving Private Jeffy," and the entire premise of it, like I basically I like, recreated the the entire trailer to "Saving Private Ryan." Yeah. Uh, but the whole 
premise was that every single I changed all the lines to be the soldiers in that movie bitching about how Switzerland wasn't actively participating on the side of the allied forces. And that's where it started. <laughs> I think what very first started is I asked, because uh, that was like my, my first wilderness survival guest. Yeah. And I asked him the value of a Swiss army knife to which he said, like, it, in his opinion, had like no value. And he said, you might be better off with just one good tool than like uh, a bunch of small tools, a bunch of small multi-tool type things. So that's that was where the adverse first started. And then I was like, Switzerland is a very wealthy country with like great health care, you know, like they can, I can have beef with them and I don't have to feel guilty about anything I say about those people. <laughs> I feel like you are like asking me, I just realized to do like live Twitter, which is my biggest fear <laughs> in, in life. <laughs> and when I was talking, when I was talking shit at Matt, I was talking shit to other comics based on uh, characters in a video game, which feels like much more of my wheelhouse. <laughs> okay. Well, then we can... It's something a little bit more nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I at least tell you then like this um, this idea I had if I if I was going to run for president? Sure. I was going to say that you know especially now that we like you know America's you know needs a new country to go to war with. I was saying that like if if I was elected president, I would make us go to war with Switzerland. But if we lose, if Switzerland wins, then the Pentagon has to to. Uh, give their entire budget to water parks, just trillions of dollars of water parks. I mean, that's my, that's my whole thing. That's my, that's every speech I would give would just be me saying that shit. Why water parks? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> I like water parks. <laughs> I mean, what's sad is I feel like the people currently running for political office, some have even more outlandish views than that. So. Yeah. Well, my other idea was that if we lose to Switzerland, then the Pentagon has to give all of their money to me. And then Elon Musk has to be my butler. And I'm going to treat him poorly. Yeah, that might be harder to negotiate. <laughs> okay, well, then we're going to we're going to move away from this shit talking segment. Uh, I mean, give me one that's got no, like not are there. What are the other things on your list? Can I will precocious you children in movies and television? Oh, yeah. Oh you, oh, you like them? I hate precocious children in movies and television. I feel like you just picked all things that you hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's, of course I did. You're supposed to talk. Why am I like, this, I'd be like this, my puppy. <laughs> this is, but I mean, that's funny shit talking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. All right. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and admit that I blew it. I blew it with this part of the lightning round. But the lightning round is not over yet. We can move okay, past right. this. We can move past this. I'm ready. No, I will shit talk. I'm ready. Or for whatever the next round is, I am a good interviewee. <laughs> okay. Well, here's a question. I, I want to know your thoughts on this. Uh, do you think they should do a Dick Tracy reboot uh, with a female lead or like, nah, a cab? Yes. They, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, isn't Dick Tracy, I mean, Yes, and I think it should stay in the film noir like area, right? So I would modernize Dick Tracy and I would be happy to play the lead. Thanks for asking. I already have the right name. I was going to suggest that you play the lead, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I fear, as long as you're like down to wear like a yellow trench coat and a yellow hat. A thousand percent. He wears I like yellow like pants. He wears like all yellow, right? Yeah, I feel like it would be like the, um, it's basically like the outfit for Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, but Dick Tracy. <laughs> so, okay, we've already cast you. Who should be uh, Breathless Mahoney and Tess? Because those would be like your male counterparts. Uh, the Rock and John Stewart. Who would John, <laughs> so would John Stewart be Tess? Yeah. And The Rock would be Breathless Mahoney? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. It'd be so funny too, because just like, 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 <laughs> like a committed relationship with John Stewart, and he's so like, he's you know he's got like white hair and a crazy beard, and he's like getting you know like no offense, I mean I, I love John Stewart, I'm just saying, and then you have like The Rock, who's like 300 pounds of muscle <laughs> and like really tan. 
Yeah, and I feel like they're both significantly older than me, so I feel like it might be doable within Hollywood for me to get cast with them. <laughs> who, who could play? Uh, fuck it, uh, is it, Big Boy it was Al Pacino's character. Oh man! Oh shit! And he would have to be a woman, right? Because that's what we're doing. We're changing yeah, this all up. Yeah. So you would need a villainous woman to be uh, to like to be the Al Pacino role. Oh, that's a good question. I let's go with oh, who would be a good villain? I'm well, Tilda Swinton. Always, she's got so much class, though. I mean, yeah, I guess I I, I don't know if, how much class Al Pacino has. He just he just seems I just like him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, the thing is, you know, he was. Especially in that movie, he's like disgusting, and like he's like yeah. eating like walnuts or some shit, and it just makes you want to puke. So whoever plays it, it needs to be someone who like yeah, Tilda Swinton might not work because it needs to be someone who like yeah, that's be also like, like revolting. Yeah, she's she's a little <laughs> she's a little classy for that. Well, this is an important role because this is your like main enemy in this movie. We've already found your we've already found your boyfriend and your other love interest who <laughs> has no face it'll be funny too because like nobody knew who breathless mahoney was and also everyone thought that madonna was a dude whenever she would wear a disguise but the rock would just be like a gigantic man with a fucking like uh stocking over his face and everybody would be like who who is she <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh how about who could do it? Let's make my super villain. We might Kate. have to, this might have to end up being uh, something we Kate McKinnon. Who? Kate McKinnon. <laughs> Kate McKinnon would probably be great. And she, yeah, she needs to like get off those Verizon commercials and go do a fucking movie. So <laughs> she's I'm making gonna... so much money. Good for you, Kate McKinnon. You get that Verizon cash, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I was talking like talking about that. I saw her on a Verizon commercial and I was like, you know, she made more money doing that commercial than she made like in an entire year of SNL. So hell yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. That's who she could be my villain. This sounds like a really fucking good movie. Like honestly, and like, I'm not all, I'm not all about reboots all the time. And I yeah. feel like a lot of times they really fall short when they're like, when they're trying to be like, we're going to do a reboot, but we're going to try and uh, like fix some of the wrongs of the past by being like inclusive or whatever, you know, but then they just like, yeah. then they just, don't do a good job on purpose because they're like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked the all female Ghostbusters. Shout out to Ghostbusters, everybody. I'm yeah, shout fan. out. And uh, Kate McKinnon was in that. She was, I mean, that whole cast was so incredible and the backlash, not necessary. Just, it was such a delightful, well done movie. And, and not, not to sound like, uh, like to, just to bring it to a dude, but, uh, Chris Hemsworth was so fucking funny in that. Oh, good. He was like, everybody did such a good job. I mean, Leslie Jones, like everybody. Wow. Amazing. And because uh, he was, he was supposed to be like the Janine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's my, the rock is my breathless, you know, like <laughs> not to go. I don't want to go too far into the ghost, but I just, the, I think my favorite line in the movie, and I, I guess I feel bad that it is attributed to a man and whatever, but it's when he, he like, they hire him as a secretary and he's like, Hey, can I bring my cat to work? And they're like, oh no, I'm allergic to cats. And he's like, no, he's a dog. His name is Michael Cat, but I just call him my cat. <laughs> yep. Oh. Uh shit. I have one last question to ask you, and that's this. Oh, okay. Do you think we have finally brought peace between the people with two first names and the people with two last names? Um, oh man. Or at least, I mean, we maybe we've started building the bridge. Maybe we have. I don't know. I feel like there's still a divide here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like we like what was the thing they just did in Glasgow, like the COP conference, where like all the all the 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 top like polluters of the world all went there and are like, we should stop polluting and save the planet. And then they all went back and like made new oil drilling deals. <laughs> like, gosh, I feel like even though our battle continues. There's always Switzerland. There's always Switzerland. You know what? 
Switzerland, I'm going to officially say that our beef is over and I win. <laughs> uh, Aaron, I know, I know you said brought peace. <laughs> we brought peace between my views on my own podcast and Switzerland. And that's been going on since episode four. This is episode 47 or 48. This is episode 48. What you don't know is I'm an undercover agent for for switzerland <laughs> switzerland you actually look like you could be from switzerland too so i like, do actually i was <laughs> i was realizing that as those words were coming out of my mouth is like, that, that could be possible not entirely outside of the realm of possibility <laughs> it reminds me of one of your bits where you're like talking about like dudes get up in your dms and being like you're too pretty to be funny i could just be like you look you look too swiss to be funny <laughs> yeah I feel like I do eat the right amount of chocolate to also. Um, <laughs> yeah, they do have good ass chocolate. I mean, I that's it's hard for me to hate anywhere that has good chocolate and good watches. <laughs> yeah, they got nice watches. All right, Switzerland. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> OK, Aaron, I know that we already said this a couple of times, but it's uh, now that we're at the end. One more time. Where can people find you? uh check you out you've got amazing comedy and i don't and maybe you got some shows coming up i don't know let me know yeah i have a lot of shows coming up um i am at aaron tracy comedy on all of the social media aarontracycomedy.com that's where you can find me my shows are often there though i do need to update my calendar but i do a good job of keeping that updated on instagram all the time uh that's my happy place because it's less scary there than twitter <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm around. I'm performing a lot uh, right before the holidays. And uh, Tiny Puppy Poppy is my dog's Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, let me know when you're doing a show in Nashville. I will bring yeah. out, I will bring the fucking squad. I will pack Yay. that venue, I promise. I love Nashville. Not that, you, not, not that you need me to do that, but I'm just saying. I do. Well, no, I love Nashville and I would love to get back there. So um, that would be, that'd be lovely. I, right. uh, well, yeah, if you play a show here, let me know in advance and I will bring some rowdy people and okay. like, we'll, it'll be a party. Like it's going to be wild as shit. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Aaron, thank you. Yeah.